Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined this week with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler, who since our recording of our last podcast, uh, which is just a few days ago, you've been to Tulsa and back already. I have. I'm getting... uh... I'm getting my flying legs back under me again. Actually. That's two trips in in, a, in two weeks, actually, now. Which in 2019 was a normal thing yeah, for me. But 2020, I kind of got that uh, taken away. And I got to tell you, I've become a little bit of a homebody the last year. Like, I, Well, I'll tell you, here's how much of a homebody I am. I used to keep a bag ready to go, no matter what. I'm just ready to go. Here's my stuff. Here's my my travel bag. So that's been gone for a while. So I, I, I sashayed myself into Tulsa, Oklahoma. I got up Sunday morning, <laughs> and I am ready to rock, man. I got the shower. I've been praying, I'm a, and I'm realizing I have not packed underwear. Oh, no. 100%. <laughs> and turns out CVS, which is the only thing in walking distance, does not uh, sell underwear. They don't. No, I know, this right? Is which is probably better, because I can't imagine. <laughs> CVS brand? Oh, golly, yeah, like the tidy whities of that, but... <laughs> Uh, I did, but I got my missionary under me because I uh, I learned a long time ago you can actually with a with a nice shampoo, okay, uh, wash something in the sink, uh, and then because there was a hotel blow dryer, just uh, turn it on, turn it on, yeah. So got him going, yeah. So I mean, I, <laughs> it worked, but yeah, I'm realizing I've got I'm out of practice, man. When it comes to traveling, I'm so out of practice right now. I gotta is it is Tulsa? So what were you doing in Tulsa? I mean, you were. So, yeah, so I was speaking at a church. A friend of mine named Chad Stewart uh, is the pastor. Uh, but true story, the church, uh, so it used to be called Word of Life. That was back in the 80s. That was every, you always knew every good charismatic church because it had Absolutely. a word of something in it, right? And, uh, but that's where I, uh, my premarital counseling happened with my wife. Uh, we, we got engaged. And then at the time, there was a youth pastor there named Terry Scott that, uh, did our wedding for us. Yes. And I remember Terry. So, uh, anyway, it was, but they've, you know, because it's now it's the two thousands and they're 2020s, whatever it's called now. And, uh, and they've updated. So it's called reach church. Got it now. So in a weird way, it feels some kind of like quasi going home. Cause like when I was doing music, I don't know if you even know this, Micah, but your, your old friend, Darren here used to run around and do uh, guitar music. I would lead worship for like camps. And did you know that about me? And my little thing was, uh, it was, uh, music is like comedy. It's uh, something, it's God's idea of a great time. That was, uh, was my that was your stick. That was my little stick. Yeah. So God's would, idea of a great time. Yeah. So I would do like worship for like super summers at church camps and stuff. And it's like uh, a variety show with Darren uh, Tyler. It was a little bit of, because when you can't sing very well, then you don't want to sing very long. And so I would sort of intermingle it with, uh, like I wasn't Al Denson, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Were uh, you doing comedy sketches too, or sketches. puppets, or no, Lord, skits? No. no, just just being me in between. Cause I was also hosting okay. a radio show back then, so it was like a whole little. I love this part of your life. Uh, yeah, the retelling of it. Oh Lord. So yeah, but uh, but this church would let me come uh, and uh, be with the, do their teenager things uh, like on Wednesday nights and stuff every once in a while. So they had like a, they were like the cool youth group back in the day, like 150, 200 kids and. I would do a Wednesday night. So and funny enough, some of those teenagers are actually now grownups in that church with their own right. children, uh, which is kind of makes me feel super old. Yeah. But so, yeah, speaking of Reach Church, the, the, the beginning of their mission madness, and they have been uh, radically generous uh, partnering with us on stuff. That's awesome. Uh, I think they're going to help us fund the uh, operating budget of our new school in Nepal that will launch. Oh, wow. This year, we've funded the construction of it, but we, someone's got to figure out how to pay to make it go. So, uh, I just sat there and, uh, harassed pastor Chad long enough that I think that they're going to, they're going to do that for us. That's really cool. When you talk about the school in Nepal, what, what does that really look like? Is that an elementary school, a secondary school, <laughs> one school, how many grades, like what actually happens? Oh, man. Cause we, you know, when we talk about a school building a school, we have all the, the context of, you know, America or Western society. What does it look I like know. there? So I, well, I'm only laughing because. Mike Howard and I were literally just talking about this yesterday because we, we, here's, this is what we thought we were building versus what we are building. 
mm-hmm. um, because Barendra, who is our pastor over there, has got more vision than he's got sense, and, right. which is a, just like a good visionary. It's what you want him to have. <laughs> uh, and so he's got this thing right now. Like it's going to be three stories when it's done. Like he has dug the foundation into the ground so deeply that it can support three stories. And of course, he fails to mention that to us. Like we've just oh, no. built, which is fine. Like it's going to be fine. But in his mind, I want to build it now. So that way, when God provides, we'll have another story and another story. And uh, But so it will start with a uh, what we've done in the past. We'll start with a pre-K or kindergarten class. And then we'll just add a grade uh, every year. Sometimes we'll add two grades. Yeah. Until ultimately, it will be all the way through 12th grade. That's great. Uh, and then it will also, in the evenings, then serve as like a trade school and a Bible school for church planters. Very so, cool. Yeah. And it's right on the border of India. In fact, you think you're in India, quite honestly. Um, when you go there, like you get India, to, Nepal border. Yeah. 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 So you fly into Kathmandu, which is this beautiful, there's the Himalayas. Oh, this is amazing. And then wow. you get on like Buddha airlines. That's actually not even kidding. That's actually what it's called. And on certain days they'll actually throw a bucket of blood on the front of the plane. Um, is some ceremony they're doing to Are whatever. Are you kidding? No, no, I swear I'm not making that up. Like, is that a bucket of paint? No, that's blood. Oh my word. So I'm not sure what Hindu God they're doing, but, uh, as long as, both wings keep flapping, I guess. Right? Like, okay. So anyway, you land in in this town called Bharatnagar, and you literally feel like you're in India. Like, there's no more Himalayas. It's dusty. We you get stopped every like two, three miles to get shaken down by what I, I I'm not even 100 percent sure who they are. I'm positive they're not government officials. Okay. But they'll literally like walk out in the middle of the road, uh, stop your car, Some and locals. shake you down for a couple of bucks. Uh, so it's like their version of a toll road, but right in the middle of all of that, that's where this school is. There's already a church, uh, that we're, uh, we oversee. There's another one on the way. Uh, and he wants to keep planting churches. There are, if I remember him saying right over 30 tribes still in Nepal alone that have not been reached with the gospel just in Nepal. Uh, sorry, 29, because one of them now has a church that we planted last year. So we want to tick them off one a year for as long as Jesus Let's us so that that's what that means when I say school and church and church planning well, and Yeah, so. that's really exciting. And you know, talking about building things, we are in the middle of building uh, a, <laughs> a building, in, in, an additional building onto our current building here at Conduit. And um, you know, we're kind of nearing the end. When we're recording these podcasts, yeah. you may notice in the background we've mentioned it before. Some people say, "I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't hear anything else." In other podcast recordings, it's quite obvious that there's things happening in the background. But there is a slew of subcontractors running around here. Yeah. We've been chased out of this. Is We are now in our third room. Yes. Now, and we've got armed security posted outside. <laughs> so even Carol, we had to chase Carol out. Carol was out there banging on something, so we had to like chase her away. But yeah, so I feel like we can get this done until... She was doing some maintenance work, and uh, there's just plenty of maintenance work to be done right now. And so, anyways, we we're, but we're nearing the end. We're getting close. It's and exciting. It, this summer, we will be in the new facility, um, and our current facility will be turned into kids zone. Um, and so, there's just a lot happening. So, we appreciate your patience with that. But yeah. but building. Uh, across the globe and building right here in the community, those those are not mutually exclusive ideas. It's it's all one and the same mm-hmm. to empower the other. And last Sunday, while I was in Tulsa, Mo got to preach, teach, or whatever we call it. I don't know what we call it these days. Give a talk. Uh, my son, when I uh, informed him that Mo was going to be uh, speaking. The next day, right after he was also surprised that I was leaving for Tulsa the next day. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Ethan. Forgot My to bad. tell you. Um, his response was, oh, that's awesome because Mo never, he never goes very long. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> preach very long. I mean, he was very excited. So that's a huge selling point for, for Mo. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck to the time. Yeah. And you got to launch the uh, beginning of our third in the Triple Threat series, right? The, the uh, Ephesians 4 ministry gifts. Yes. And did a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was like, here's the thing that I love about when Mo speaks for me, uh, and probably for others too, I guess, but um, they aren't disappointed when Mo speaks. Like, it's not like everybody walks up going, oh, that really sucked. That was terrible. Like, and, and this was another Sunday I was getting proactive, like, texts, you know, oh, he's doing great. He's doing awesome. And which is good because you were doing, um, like, this is not necessarily, like, the most simple thing to teach. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance to several of these, and um, there's there's a lot of work that went into making sure that it was 
hopefully as clear as we can make it yeah. um, and digestible and, and some bringing some practicality to it because, you know, this is kind of the third, this is the third section of gifts listed in the new Testament. Yeah. And so, you know, this far down the, the line of this topic, it can, it can start to get a little overwhelming and maybe uh-huh. a little confusing. Okay. It's like, okay, Romans 12 is this set of gifts. First Corinthians 12 is this set of gifts. Ephesians four. Okay. Now we're introducing a, null, a whole other set of gifts. Yeah. It's like, okay, what, what is happening here? What's the context? Give some perspective to all of these gifts. Yeah. And that, that was a little bit of the, the challenge. But I mean, it's, it's, man, it's important. I mean, that's why we did this series, right? Because right. Um, over the years, the idea that um, if you add all these lists together, depending on who's counting, you can get somewhere between 19 and 21 total gifts. Right. And so you take the little spiritual gifts test and it'll tell you, you know, okay, you have the gift of evangelism, which would fall here in Ephesians 4. But when you add all those onto one list, then it doesn't, you, you could also have, the, you also do have something from Romans 12. The Spirit might want to manifest something through 1 Corinthians 12. It's like you are literally stripping it down to one third of what God really wants to do in the earth, which is why we're calling it the triple threat. Because if we can understand that, uh, it, it literally makes us three times more dangerous to the kingdom of darkness than if we were just to pick one out of all three of these uh, gifts. And so, which is what you did. I mean, you sat down and figured out a way to communicate, uh, these three separate ones, which, what were the three questions that you said? Well, yeah, I mean, for, for me, this really helped give some context to the three gifts and, and figuring out which bin they go in. You know, it's like you have, you mentioned like there's 21 gifts perhaps amongst all these. And like, if they're all like Legos blocks laying on the floor, it's like, okay, we need to put them away now and putting them in the right bin <laughs> to understand, you know, which one applies to which scenario. Romans 12, your life gifts, you would ask the question, what is your place in the body of Christ? So like big picture of Christendom, of the church, what is your place in the body of Christ? That would be your life gift. And then your first Corinthians 12 gift, which is your spiritual gift, you would ask the question, what is the spirit leading you to do right now in this moment? What are you being prompted to do? If you are truly in tune with the spirit, you're being led by the spirit. What is the spirit telling you to do right now to this person um, that you're near or next to or in life or making a decision? Like what, what is the Lord leading you to do today in this moment? And then Ephesians 4 the ministry gift is what is your role, what is your assignment to the to the church body that you're a part of, right? And um, you know, putting it that way, putting it in those contexts for me personally uh, helped give it some clarity, yeah, as to how those can be used. Yeah, I can see that because that again, if it's three times as dangerous, right? If we can understand all these uh, these gifts. The purpose, like I, I uh, started out the series, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 4, 5, and 6, each list of gifts actually is part of the, uh, is attributed to each uh, a member of the Trinity. Um, so there's this work that the Spirit is doing in the earth. There's this work that Jesus is doing in the earth. There's this work that the Father is doing. And the Father is connected to Romans 12. The Spirit is connected to Ephesians, or to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And the Son, Christ, is a connected to Ephesians four, yeah. Like his, because it actually says in this uh, Ephesians four that uh, verse eleven, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Yes. Ephesians four, verse eleven: the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And so on Sunday, then you broke them down even further. Then you went into Ephesians four and sort of listed out each one and the role that it that it played. Yeah. And do you want to rehash that? I mean, like, like what was apostle? So apostle, uh, probably some confusion to some people about what an apostle is, but what, like, what yeah, is it an can apostle? Yeah, it can be. It can be. It's simply in the most basic definition is just sent one, the sent one, um, a missionary. I mean, that's, that's the word in scripture that uh, when you can't find missionary in the Bible, just find apostle. Yeah. And that, and there you have it. <laughs> it just means sent one. 
And so in that context, um, it's, e- it's kind of easy to spot maybe mm-hmm. who those people yeah. are or where that, what that gift is in a lot of people. Um, because they can't, they can't help, but go yeah. and do for, for the kingdom. Um, they, they are, they're visionaries in a lot of ways and they, they just have this, this calling to go and, uh, take new ground for the kingdom. And, 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 and I used you and Shannon as an example of this, you specifically, like, I, I feel like that's your, your gift to the church is that you will go and you are, you have been sent to go and do for the kingdom and going to those hard places that, you know what, quite frankly, I don't want to go to, (laughs) I don't feel called to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you say, I don't want to that, I think the better version of it is that you're not called to. Yes. Because there's a strange thing that, that I think happens to someone who's fully submitted to uh, to Christ, or at least, I don't know if anybody has ever fully submitted. I think there's like a spectrum, like the fuller I am submitting to him, sure. whatever. Because I, so when I went to Guatemala when I was a teenager, Ron Luce, uh That's crazy. Rich Mullins was there. That's bizarre. Yeah, it was bizarre. He was pounding marbles. Uh, I was 16 years old. There's Rich Mullins. We were in Antigua, Guatemala, and, and I'm like 16. And he looks over and he says, "Hey, man, you know, I, this is the way that men uh, look at women here. It just seems inappropriate." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, he's, "He was super deep. He's like, yeah. it's like they undress them with their eyes." I'm like, "Dude, I'm 16. I'm doing that. I'm, what are you talking about? I thought that's what you're supposed to do." I'm like, anyway. um, but uh, yeah, in between his pounded Marlboros and then Ron never let him go back on another mission trip because you're not supposed to smoke in front of the kids. Sure. Uh, but in, in that summer, like, I mean, I was there like a whole summer and I remember praying and thinking, I don't want to, oh man, sorry, my guy just dropped my mic. I don't want to enjoy this too much because I don't want to, I don't want to be a missionary because I want to be a rock and roll singer. Uh, Troubles. Mm, I interesting. I couldn't yeah. sing very well, so that didn't really matter. Um, but... But I remember praying, oh God, and in my little journal, which I have still to this day from that summer, uh, the first summer, the second summer, I went two summers praying, God, please don't ever send me to Africa. That was like my, in that little journal. (laughs) And I remember the first time I swear to you that I stepped off a plane in Africa in 2008. My mom had passed away two months before whatever. I stepped off the plane and it was the first time I remembered thinking, I prayed that prayer. And here I am in Africa and I wanted to be in Africa. Wow. It was like the Lord, uh, like I literally didn't not want to be there. Right. I wanted to be there. And yeah. I think that's how a little bit of how, you know, cause we were talking earlier, like I was, I mean, I was actually trying to float the idea that maybe these gifts are interchangeable, that I could be a shepherd on a Tuesday and a teacher on a Wednesday. And I saw when I'm here on a Sunday, I'm a teacher and, but you were kind of pushing back on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I see in you specifically, and I, and I think I can make the case for others that your your default gift to the to the to our local body here um, is that of an apostle, like by default, like you are wired that way, like the lead missionary as a missionary, yeah, an apostle, um, and you get the opportunity to, to teach us and do an amazing job breaking down the word for us every week, but you get restless. That was what, when you said it, it jumped out at me because I genuinely like, so when I talk to other pastors, whatever people want to be a part they want to be a pastor at whatever. And, and one of the first things they want to know is how much can I do? Do I get to preach? Cause I'm, I'm called to preach. I hear that often. Uh, and I think, I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> Right, because in some ways I've uh, for a while and for a season viewed teaching like as an interruption of my work. Yeah, like I was annoyed. Um, I just wanted to whatever. But at the same time, there are things that jump out in Scripture to me that are clearly from a gift of teaching. Yes, and the realization that I got from even writing the power of the seven, whatever, is that I have the quote unquote gift of teaching from Romans 12, which is different than the call to be a teacher from Ephesians four. And if that is a mind bender, here's what I mean. 
the gift of teaching is this gift of discerning, this gift of connecting dots, of uh, making stuff make sense that doesn't make sense. It's not about being smart at all. It's literally someone that won't, won't quit asking the questions. Right. Right. But the gift of teaching from there can be then applied, whether you're a shepherd, evangelist, apostle, prophet, whatever. So the confusion for me was I had that gift from Romans 12 in the way that you have a gift of guardian, right? From the right. Uh, protecting. Um, and that just simply means that when you teach on a Sunday, it's going to look different than when I do it because you're doing it from, uh, from a, a gift from Romans 12 that would have uh, the guardian. So it's going to be more clear. You were actually the perfect guy to give the sermon on Sunday to start this out. Uh, I go to Mo all the time, asking him to help me make something, make it more clear. Cause I tend to, I don't, my Legos tend to just stay in a big stack. <laughs> right. And so someone has to come together here and that's really neat. But if you put this here, you know, so, but, but that said, like when I thought of it, a missionary and apostle, then it actually helped me. It actually just helped me. Cause I just got this realization today that, that these are, so that's why when first Timothy four, uh, 14, Paul said to Timothy to, uh, guard the gift, protect the gift, whatever that was put in you. Yes. Uh, when uh, it was put through prophecy and when the elders laid their hands on you, like that's not talking about a Romans 12 gift in him. That's talking about the pastor gift mm -hmm. that he was given to protect the people at these churches, Ephesus. And, uh, I can't remember the other ones where Timothy was, but, uh, that anyway, that helped me a lot. Cause I'm like, okay, that explains teaching on Sunday. I, I'm going to do it because, uh, it's something we all do do you know yeah. we have we have teachers right now probably who are teaching our children that maybe aren't they have the, the calling to be a teacher or whatever here but they uh but they're doing it because the need is there yes and you know for me the gift of teaching trying to unpack scripture does apply itself that way but i mean i don't know if you remember uh, it was a few summers ago uh don and holly plots were visiting our church and they were here like they visited like six times and I was here. None of them. Oh, that's right. Remember? I do remember that. That was a few years back. You were traveling a ton. Yeah. And she said, I don't know. Should we go to the church here? The pastor doesn't even go to church here. Why should we go? Fair <laughs> question. That's a fair question, you know? Um, but it was, it's wired. And I say the, the freedom for that is uh, for other pastors is that you're not, not every pastor is called to, to, to do that. Like I, this church is led uh, by a guy that's called to do that. And so if you're not led by a, a you know, guy that's called to do that, well, that's okay. Like it's sure it's going to look different. And so, you know, in fact, I would suppose, I don't know how many churches out there are led by missionaries like the, like myself. Uh, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of, um, the church in Texas. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Antioch church. Antioch. Church. Oh yeah. That dude. Jimmy. For sure. Jimmy, 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 something, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. Not screwing around. No, not at all. Jimmy, yeah. We have some some dear friends from there as well. The, the Rankins were part of that work, or yeah. part of that fellowship for a while. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that would be another example that just comes off the top of my head. Yeah, that was help, That's helpful because I forgot about Jimmy. I'd met him only once or twice, but I felt less lonely with Jimmy because I thought, oh, somebody else that's doing it the way that we're doing it. Right. You know, not that he was doing it right and whatever or else doing it wrong. It was just, it was that. So, so apostles, sent ones, missionaries, start yes. stuff, start, you know, we just start crap. We you stir, just go. stir up trouble. Go and um, do for, for the sake of the kingdom. Like there's a sense of urgency. Yeah. And so I've taught this before in two different contexts in developing nations. And I go through each one, apostle, prophet, whatever. You get to the question and answer time. And I promise you, the first question every time will be, <laughs> but how do you get to be an apostle? <laughs> and so, and, and my go-to on that is I'll go to Paul. I think it's 1 Corinthians 14 or maybe 2 Corinthians, where he talks about, I have been snake bit, shipwrecked, beaten, scourged, oppressed. Yes. Like, it's like, that's his resume. Yeah. And then I ask now who wants to be an yeah. apostle? You still want to be an apostle? Yeah. You still want to do yeah. this? Cause it doesn't pay that great. And you end up like, like I was last week laying <laughs> awake in a hotel in Haiti thinking, am I going to get kidnapped tonight? Right. Like, this is like legit. Like what just crawled across my head? Like, what was that? Right. Um, risk, yeah. high risk. And I, yeah. And I say that like, I genuinely don't not like it. Like I, uh, genuinely and weirdly enjoy yeah. that stuff. And I'm not like a risk guy. I'm not like a, an adrenaline junkie. You're not going to find me on a BMX bike ramping stuff. That's not it at all. I just genuinely am attracted to the, 
Yeah, there's an adventure, adventure there. Yeah, uh, for the kingdom that that you're drawn to. Yeah. There's a gravitational pull towards that. And next up on this is prophet, the one which, who knows, the one who knows, and they know because they they are diligent and very specific about spending time with the Lord to hear from the Lord to then retell what they've heard from the Lord. Hmm. I mean, this is like this, they, they can't help, but hear from the Lord and repeat it. Hmm. That is their, that is their gift. That is what they are pulled towards spending very specific time with the spirit, with, with, with the Lord asking, seeking his face for wisdom and truth. In hearing from the Lord and then retelling that hmm. to the body for correction, for admonishment, for encouragement, for direction, counsel. Um, that that would be kind of the yeah. the easiest way to describe that, and not not so much in the sense of foretelling, which I think is where people get hung up in, hung up at. Yeah. Yeah, because the First Corinthians twelve, when the Spirit manifests, there are moments where the Spirit would break through and, and foretell something. Sure. Uh, but that's not, which is this, by the way, prophecy is the one gift that appears on all three of these lists. Isn't that weird? Um, that's interesting. It's the one though, that actually got me down the rabbit hole that ultimately resulted in the power of the seven. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, this one's on all three lists. Teachings on only two of them servings on one of them. So what is it? You know, did God make a typo or is there something different going on in each one of these? Yeah. And you know, of course, our English language is limited and all that. But yeah, the, the foretelling of the future moment, whatever like Agabus might have done in uh, uh, <laughs> Acts, would be a First Corinthians 12 manifestation of the Spirit different than an office, a calling to this. And again, uh, you know, prophet, not a very popular... It sounds good on paper. It sounds good if you want to start a YouTube channel. Sure. Right? And get people to send money or whatever. But prophets in the Bible, it did not go well for them. No, no. They're the watchmen, watch women on the wall yeah. that are looking ahead and seeing what is coming and reporting back. Um, and many times in times of battle, like that's not, that's not necessarily always good news. Um, yeah, because yeah, most times in the prophetic gifts like this, this Ephesians 4 one, they're saying, they're saying something that's true long before most of the world knows it's true. Exactly. And what have we learned even in the last is that when you start saying something's true long before the rest of the world knows it's true, Mm. you can get attacked and skewered and uh, canceled. The Twitter mob cancels you all over you. It's not a uh, a popular. No, it's like I don't want that. Like I got no desire. I want to be liked way too much for that. You know, it's part of my shallow heart. But yeah, they're the guardrails for our ministry. At least here, I can yeah. speak for for conduit specifically. They are the guardrails that keep us out of theological ditches, yeah. out of you know conversations and opinions that take us off of the the straight and narrow of being grounded in the Word. Um, they help keep. It's like you know bumper bowling. They help keep us in the right lane. If we're of bouncing truth. off of them back to the middle. Yes. <laughs> What, do you think Donna is that Donna Van Leer? Yes, yeah, I do too. yeah. Jennifer and I were talking about that this week. My wife, we were kind of going through these, and she was helping bounce some things off, uh, some ideas. And Donna's name came up, and obviously, who we've had on the podcast a lot. And uh, I would feel that she she fits into that description. Yeah, someone that uh, this also reminds me of that some of our listeners will know, especially if you're old like me, uh, is Don Finto. Don Finto, yes. So when you worded it like that, someone who's just been with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Don is 90 years young. Wow. Um, he stepped out onto the stage at Beyond Our Walls back in May and April. And you could just feel the room, room whatever, it was like 5,000 cars. I, I could just feel mm-hmm. the presence of God. Yeah. Like this guy had been with Jesus. Uh so encouraging, so, and his prophetic gift over the years is, is uh, other pastors. It's spoken to, like when he walks into a room, uh, we do this pastors gathering about once a month. In fact, we're scheduled for one. I think this Wednesday, and um, it's about forty pastors who come together from the area, and there are some large personalities that'll enter that. I can room. imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, right. Like a bunch of tomcats wandering in there. <laughs> 
but we're all like really kind to each other just to be honest like but it is there's a lot of big personalities okay and then finto walks in the room and it, you just it's just like the temperature changes it just yeah. shifts and everybody i mean i sit next to finto you shut up and listen don't right. say a word because he's he's 90 he doesn't get that much time left but i want to give him every second of that you know to, to speak and to yes um and over the years, he's just been so consistent with that. I don't think it necessarily, or, or maybe, I don't know, does it, does it mean that you have a proclivity for understanding end times eschatology? I guess it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're, they, they're seeking the truth and they're asking for revelation and they're, not the, the book, but clarity um, in, in all things, specifically, you know, end times. The current events, I should say. Yeah. They're, they're making sense of what's happening now. Yeah. In a context that will help us live now and prepare. That's what a yeah. watchman does. Yeah, because if you're talking about truth that may or may not be comfortable, the return of Christ fits right down the sweet spot of that. Like sure. that is the future that is coming. Yeah. Hopefully sooner than later. And they're, they're making sense of what's happening across the world yeah not just right here in our our little bubble perhaps right but, but across the globe like what is what is the spirit doing what are the, what's happening in the heavenlies yeah and making some sense of that and so, offering clarity apostle prophet evangelist the bringer of good news who doesn't want some good news there should be more good news right <laughs> And that good news is obviously Jesus um, and the redemption that we have in him, the, the, the salvation that we have in him and uh, an evangelist, someone with the gift of evangelists, they can't help but tell someone about Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's Tim like, Bassanio was sitting in the front row, uh, third service. Okay. And I couldn't think of a better example. That's all he cares about. Of someone with the gift of evangelism than that man that is so true who was radically changed by hearing the good news in his life something flipped in his heart and he can't help but talk about jesus within 30 seconds of being around him yeah and he'll say things like it's about souls it's all about souls all about it's souls our, our friend uh, jack vale um who uh is a filmmaker among other things uh, Google Jack Vale if you want some uh, spend a fun afternoon of uh, hours you're never going to get <laughs> YouTube, back. Jack I swear Vail. to you, yeah, YouTube Jack Vale. We love you, Jack. Uh, but he he and uh, Carmen have been working uh, on a film of Carmen's life. Carmen, uh, the music singer, uh, music singer. <laughs> Carmen, the artist, Carmen, Carmen, and Carmen. He said has said uh, dozens of times if it's some version of then what then what are we doing here? If we don't if people aren't getting saved. Then what are we doing? Yeah, what's what, the point? What's, what's the point of it? Yeah. That's it. What's the point if, if someone's not getting saved? Yeah. That's an evangelist. Yeah, their gravitational pull is to ask the question, are new people entering the kingdom? Yeah. That is Mark Bowling, our friend yes. who ministers in Southeast Asia. Yes. Because that dude lives, breathes. Now, he would, I would say, if you, okay, Romans 12, there's a guy with the gift, the visionary, the prophecy gift of Romans 12, because the dude is unafraid. Okay. Mm -hmm. But he is also, so you might argue, well, he's a missionary, but he's, uh, if you use modern vernacular, yeah, he's a missionary. But if you use God's language, he's an evangelist because he's going to places that are hard, but that dude is setting up tents. He is preaching the gospel. And if it's not, people are not getting saved, then what are we doing here? Yeah. There is no sense in doing it if it's at all. And, and hundreds of thousands of people have come to Christ. That's all he cares about. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, that is true. Also true is kind of the example that I gave on Sunday. Like you don't necessarily need to have a crusade or an arena yes. uh, or a stage to have the gift it, of evangelism. Way important clarification. Yes. The An example on the opposite side of that was the example I gave of my dad's coworker in, on the factory floor, you know, 25 years ago. Um, that led him to the Lord over the course of a year by just telling my dad the good news during lunch breaks yeah. <laughs> before and after work. My dad didn't want to hear it, um, but the Holy Spirit softened his heart. And and just the that gift in Mr. Moreland was his name, that gift in him to tell others 
that he was with uh, about the good news of Jesus Christ uh, brought my father to Christ. And that was just a, that's just a lesson on so many levels, but one of which is just, you don't need a stage, just 100%. be led by the spirit. Yeah. And that's, I, and so I have to say this right. I used to feel super guilty and sometimes I still do, if I'm being honest, because so we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Paul tells us, right? Reconciling man to Christ. We're all called to that, but some are specifically gifted for it. Like the actual evangelist bringing in good news. And that is, they're going to do that no matter what. Yes. And so you might feel shame if you don't, if, I, if I'm not Tim Bassanio, for instance, yeah. I could feel a lot of shame around that. If Tim led this church, it would look different than it looks yes. because he is about souls, about, uh, but th- that whether it's on a stage or whether it's whatever, that is the gift of it. And the church needs, I think, an awakening of and a releasing of evangelists. Yes. Yes. The time is ripe. Yeah. Like right now. And to say, if you and your church specifically uh, wish that they were sick, like, why are they not doing altar calls? Because we've been, I've been, a, my, I've got my chops busted because we don't do altar calls here on Sunday. Sure. And, and to be clear, I've done some and exactly no response. Sure. It, I just, it's embarrassing. I wish I was better at it. It's just not my gift. My point is, is if that's you and you're feeling that in the church that you're in, whether it's conduit or not, Maybe it's not you that needs to correct the pastor for not doing it right. Maybe God's calling you to be the evangelist that he's called you to be. Right. You know, uh, not just leaving tracks at the back door. <laughs> Go and like be the evangelist uh, to, to your community in the church itself and the world. Like we need people to know that that is a vital role for the kingdom of God to preach the good news as an evangelist. Yeah, I... So growing up in the background that I did, which we've talked about a bunch of times, um, one of the things that I was, uh, I don't want to say this in the right way, um, given the opportunity to do young Uh was door-to-door visitation. Lord, what a nightmare. Door-to-door visitation, which is, uh, so it was on Thursday night, Thursday night visitation for the youth group. So what would happen is the, you know, 12, 15 teens would show up in a van they'd park it in the neighborhood somewhere and then split out two by two and go knocking on doors i was probably 14 15 years old with what were what was your job when they opened the door <laughs> we had we had a thing we had to memorize you know hi i'm so and so from this church and uh you know we want to tell you we want to tell you some good news i mean it was it was along those lines yeah and just starting starting just to tell them about Jesus. Interesting. So I'm 14, 15 years old and getting doors slammed in my face at, you know, Thursday at 6 30 PM, you know, we, they would always make us feel better by taking us out to eat afterwards and sure. And, and all those things, Hit the steak and shake. Or, yeah. <laughs> right. But, but you know, you, you mentioned there's kind of some shame around that because I was, I was not great at that. And I, I didn't like doing that. Uh-huh. Um, at 14, 15 years old, getting door slammed in your face for telling somebody about Jesus. There's a lot to kind of process there at that age. Uh-huh. Like what is happening? Yeah. Um, I thought this was supposed to be a good thing. And then you would have those people that would show back up, you know, back at the church and tell all the amazing stories about how these handfuls of people came to Christ that night through knocking on doors. There definitely is some incredible are some incredible sure. stories. Mike Howard is one of those, by yes, the way. Yes, one of our elders here at church tells the story where someone knocked on his door, told him some good news about Jesus, and he came to the saving knowledge yeah. of that and has lived that way ever since. Yeah. Which I barely awesome. will buy cookies from someone on my <laughs> right. door. Let alone like come inside and let's talk about what you're talking about. But Right, but that was that was definitely the environment I grew up in. Yeah. The, the the door-to-door visitation, leaving tracks yeah. know, everywhere. It's funny when we go to, so we go to Uganda um, and they, so they, I say they go door to door. Most of the buildings don't have doors. So we go from opening to opening, Um, but it's, their culture is so different there um, in that it's, uh, they're excited to have company. Like, yeah, nobody coming to see them. 
And so they'll invite you in. And, but one of the things that the, uh, the young people that you'll go with over there who are all trained by Matala and their ministry is, uh, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll talk in Lugandan with them for a little bit. And I, of course I have no idea what they're saying. Right. And then they will look at you at some point and say some version of, and now preach the gospel to them. <laughs> And now preach the gospel. Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, what do you mean preach the gospel to them? Like go from Genesis to like the scarlet thread of scripture. Like, I don't, you know, but that is, it's so bred into what they do there. Um, there is a training, there is a whatever, but it's, there are those that that's the gift that they have. Yeah. And again, all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Nobody gets off the hook. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, the calling on some of the lives that are out there, Carmen being one, Mark Bowling, your dad's friend, mm-hmm. Mr. Moreland. What a great name. Yeah. Um, and it's, if, if you go back to what we talked about two weeks ago, that's part of the unity when Paul was saying, this one's going for Apollos, this one's going for Paul, this one's Peter, you know, because what, what he was really saying is that, hey, look, I appreciate that like Apollos is this deep, thoughtful teacher and that Peter is a little rough behind the edges, but both of them have their callings in the kingdom. And so to put your support behind this one and say, this is the only way to do it uh, is what causes division. And Ephesians four opens up. These are actually supposed to bring unity, not division. Yeah. I mean, another example, another tangible, I think metaphor is, is, is our armed forces, right? Like if we only had a Navy only, only, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel very protected. Right. In other areas. But we have an army, an air force. We have the Marines. We had now have Space Force. Space Force. <laughs> I heard they let old fat guys go to Space Force. So I'm hoping. Uh, but it takes all it takes each of them doing their assignment to protect. Right. All of the same mission, but a different assignment for yes. the same mission. Yes. And to that end, Shepherd is on this list. Shepherd. Pastor, depending on your vernacular. Pastor, shepherd. Well, every Sunday when I introduce myself or someone else, and I, 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 it's funny because everybody makes fun of us now, and I meant it to be something very meaningful, but I am one of the pastors here. Perhaps we change it to now I'm one of the shepherds here. Yeah, one of the shepherds. I'm a, it's very synonymous. It's, yeah. It means the same thing. But they're very caring and nurturing. They, they you know, shepherds oversee a flock. Um, they're to care for them. Um, they, uh, they're protectors. They're caregivers. They provide comfort. They encourage. Like you, you know when you've been with a shepherd because they've been with you. Yeah. Like they've. Ooh, that's good. They're they're with you. That's why I suck so bad at that. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's be honest. Like yeah. that's not even an all shucks routine. No, it's not your. It's not your proclivity. Yeah. And. And, here's and the that's challenge. okay. It turns out, yeah. Um, but they still get the emails. But <laughs> the the modern vernacular of the pastor of, of the church is the thing does set a set of expectations that no matter what calling you have from Ephesians 4, that it's supposed to look a very specific way. And, of yeah. course, it depends on what background or whatever you have. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I pretty early on in this gig, I realized that I'm going to be doing some pastoral things, yeah. but I'm not a pastor when it comes to that that definition of a shepherd. Sure, I'm terrible at it. I don't know what to say. I've got like I'm awkward. I'm, but you put me next to Kyle Froman. Yeah, and Froman just goes right in, man. Like he is got yeah, the heart. Absolutely, he of, is. He the has shepherd. the gift of a shepherd. Yeah. Kyle's one of our elders here. Um, and he's our pastoral care shepherd yeah, right. on staff. The hardest job in the church as far as I'm concerned. And a chaplain for a very large company in town, yeah. which is really cool that they have a chaplain. Right. But what a, I can't think of a better person to do that job. Yeah. He has the gift of yeah. shepherding. And I would say that our own Mo Tiemann has that. Mm. I mean, heck, you've, when you think about how many times you've talked me off the ledge... Or when you have talked me out of like being snippy about something or grumpy, uh, like you're, t- you're, you're, you're shepherding me, pastoring me. Uh, and so while you may not be in the hospital in that specific role of shepherd, when it comes to our staff, they're very well cared for uh, because of you. You're not arbitrary. You're not capricious. You're not shooting off like a rocket somewhere here or there. You're steady. And that calm uh, brings a sense of calm to the 
rest. I think one of the greatest challenging whatever jobs of a pastor is to be able to experience to uh, communicate urgency without anxiety like to not the here's the urgency of this the importance of the situation but here's not the anxiousness of it and that's something that you've been doing really well to say this is what we're doing here's the urgency of it uh but because you're calm i, I shared that in staff meeting this morning i feel like one of the greatest gifts that we had as a church this last year was uh we were calm yeah when the world was panicking we were calm. And I, I, I think a lot of that is owed to you. Uh, I remember coming back from Israel and I was like, Mo, why are you not freaking out? Like, what? this is exactly why you should be freaking out. You know, and you're like, well, I've already, I've already gamed this all out of my mind. I mean, it's, yeah. We're surviving it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's learning to respond and not react. And, I, and I, I, I just, man, I wish American culture could oh, do that. Lord, we need a lot of pastors, don't we? Yeah, just to respond and not react. Isn't it funny, though, that, 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 the metaphor is shepherd and sheep. I, I just think it's, it's just amazing because it's, you know, shepherding in of like, if you actually study and look at the job of an actual shepherd in the field, it is, it is not a glamorous, no or glorious it's job. A thankless, <laughs> sleepless. You've got stray sheep wandering around doing Lord knows what, going to the wrong place, getting yeah. stuck in things and thickets and, drinking from the wrong streams and doing Lord knows what, I mean, they're and, dumb. Yeah. And, and, and sheeps, I mean, being called a sheep is not a compliment. Yeah. The Baldry family has sheep. Oh, do they? They've been there is lambing <laughs> season right now. They can sheep are so dumb. They could barely give birth, right? They don't. <laughs> and I say this with all due respect. Like I had, I had a little flock. I, you know, we, I just wanted them to, to mow the lawn. That was all I was looking for. I yeah, named them all. The, like <laughs> Honda, we had Toro. We had like, there were all these lawnmower names. That's hilarious. Um, except for Thor, who was the, the Ram. Of course. And, uh, and they just were dumb. Yeah. They, they, they were needy. They were, uh, and, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think back on the first time I even, we had them there and the lady that, uh, that, that we got the sheep from she was she was a little she was a little loony actually if i'm being honest <laughs> but she last thing she said before i got into the truck with the the sheep i was like now they're a one voice animal yes and right now they know my voice but soon uh they're gonna know yours and you'll come home you'll just get out of the car talking and they'll just come sprinting at you because they'll have heard your voice yeah and it was true that's Eventually really cool they began my voice um jesus of course the good shepherd the shepherd yes and i think that that's part of the role of this imagery of the shepherd here is that you know when you stood up on sunday and people were not disappointed that i was not there it's because they know your voice they know mo's voice sure they know mo has his their best interests in mind and they've seen him yeah. be steady in the middle of a, of the crazy waves um last one on the list is teacher the one who explains they they are and I use this example too like they are they're Bible nerds they can't they can't help but get completely immersed in all things Scripture connecting dots that no one maybe even thought of before diving into those nuggets of of of, of information maybe connecting the Old Testament the New Testament or or diving into those hard passages that like they receive that as a challenge instead of steering away from the hard passages. Yeah. They dive headlong into those hard passages yeah. and make sense of it. And not only just learn it, but retell it in a way that is applicable, that is practical, digestible for the church to learn to, yeah. and, and to disciple. Um, that's a real gift. And that is in our world is for conduit world, which you said on Sunday is Joey prophet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, P R O F. F I T two F's two T's. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Last name is prophet. Prophet. Um, and Joey Romans 12 would have the gift of encouragement, right? Yes. That's who he is. He inspires, he encourages, uh, but his calling from Ephesians four is to teach. And so when he teaches, it's different than I do. He's actually, it's a lot of fun when Joey teaches. Yeah. He does a great job. Right. And so, but that's what he does. He breaks it down. He makes it I mean, our kids are literally learning about the exile and the, the, the entrance to Jerusalem and the glory departing and like for first graders, <laughs> but they're, it's just what he does. And our kids know more for the, I mean, probably than a lot of parents at our church right now, as far as the Bible, because yeah. Joey is just hammering them with the Bible in a very fun way. Those with the gift of teaching are able to teach in a way that the student retains it. 
it's retainable and repeatable. That's when you know you've been in. Uh, uh, interesting. You've sat near or around or listened from a someone with the gift of teaching. It's it's retainable and repeatable. And, and once again, so clarity for me, that's not me. Like I can find something fascinating. We can we can spin around it, whatever. But to walk out and say, now what did he say again? <laughs> Right. Like with Joey, you walk out going, you know, it is repeatable. Which, which, uh, in all honesty, the irony of this entire thing is this is what was the, the genesis of our deeper podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is to give you the opportunity to to dive in a, get a bit deeper. That's really true, wasn't it? Yeah, because I was like, I only got 30 minutes. You've like, got all of this information that's good information, but we can't just get it in on a Sunday because there's so much that's what, what kind of the genesis for this was yeah. to give more an, a, another outlet yeah. of all that information. The gift of this whole thing for me has been the freedom that it, uh, that it's meant for the unity and for freedom so that I don't have to be, uh, jealous, even though I am of how easily Joey can do that. Just, just what he does. Yeah. And it's so good. And I'll bet my left arm, I'll bet, do you think Joey rehearses before he actually speaks? Not a chance. Not a chance. And it's so good. And if I don't go through it like yeah. five times, right? it's already almost a mess. And it's going to be a disaster <laughs> if I don't do that. And so, but that's, you know, when I go back to, okay, but that's the calling. The calling was lead missionary. I mean, for the longest time, that's what I think it, I even had on the website or whatever else. I was the lead missionary and lead pastor here. Yes. Um, and Joey is a, a teacher in that regard. Uh, what do you think Joel is? Pastor? Shepherd? The way he loves those kids? Yeah, he's a shepherd. He has a, he has a shepherding heart, without a doubt. Yeah. To be able to sit down across the table with teenagers that are going through things that they won't tell their parents, but they'll tell him. Right. And for him to help them navigate those those things in a time of life that is you know crucial right. in their development not only in just their psychology, but in, in their faith, like he definitely has the gift of shepherding. Yeah. That makes no sense doubt. to me. And to watch the, uh, I mean, he loves those kids. Like absolutely loves them. If you were to look in our modern context and I, I, I'm not trying to be, uh, like a language Nazi or whatever, like for words or whatever, but you would be forgiven to think that the fivefold ministry was the pastor, associate pastor, the worship pastor, the youth pastor. Sure. Because every church that we know, our church included, structures our leadership based upon those roles. Right. You know, if someone is not here, like Joey, for the kids on a Sunday, then it just it doesn't work in our environment. Our parents are not going to come hang out with uh, with their kids sitting in their lap here. Um. We need worship here. Uh, it's going to look different than it would in another world. But those are not the fivefold gifts that God chose for the body of Christ for, for not just for Ephesians 4, yeah. but for today. And I, the guy like Jason, who's our worship pastor, gift of encouragement, the guy's great vocalist, great singer. It seems like he's got a shepherd thing, like with the way he cares for the musicians and stuff. But it's like that, like that's the role, like the worship, the singing, whatever. That's the this gift that he does, the way yeah. he serves our church. But his role in it is as a as a shepherd. Yeah, with it. Um, I I look across that, and I I, I guess for all of us to say that, what is it? that makes you come alive in that way. Like, what is it that you can't not like, so if you're Carmen, it was just automatic to him. Well, everybody's got to get saved. Actually, I think he had a whole record about that, right? Didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Radically saved. Um, if, if that's you, like, you don't need permission to go be an evangelist in the body of Christ. If you, you don't have to wait for my go ahead for that. Um, I, I believe that there are prophets out there. And I, I say that, you know, uh, percentage wise, I don't know. Is it like every church has like 20% of each of these? Cause there's five of them. I don't think so. No, 
I think it's probably more that it's based on the need of them versus the, you know, because so like when we did the Life Gifts quiz and there's like 4,000 people that have taken it now, which is crazy. That's really cool. Um, you can see the percentages of it that like, I think 20%, 25% are guardian, 27% are imparter. Uh, by the way, the gift of teaching mine is like 1%. So really? It's, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. Um, but it's just, it, I think what it means is it's not that, uh, I'm so unique and so special. It's just that my gift isn't needed as much as is a shepherd's is needed is as much as a, someone who brings peace is needed. And maybe in the church world, that's very similar that mm. there are a lot more pastors needed maybe than there would be a prophet, uh, needed. Um, if, if a church is just full of prophets, it's going to be very uncomfortable Yes, and you get too many of them in a room. Maybe, I don't know, maybe God, maybe God designed it not based upon, uh, anything other than this is what the church is going to need in uh, in this season. And so we definitely need some apostles out there. We need some folks who are maybe your entrepreneurs right now, but the Lord, I mean, I know one guy in particular, he's getting ready to retire and he's trying to figure out what's next for him. You know, retirement is, that's American. That's not biblical. Sure. So now you just got it all figured out or getting closer. You just starting to get some stuff together and then you're going to go jump in the RV and disappear like the yeah. church needs you. Yes. So if you've got an apostolic gift or if you've got a prophetic gift, whatever, don't, you know, maybe you can deliver it in Florida. I don't know. Right. But we, we need your voices in, in this world and to step into uh, whether it's in the shepherding or the teaching or I know that right now we have a nursery full of children that need some teachers, need some shepherds. Yeah. And you might think in the same way you said about an evangelist, because you can't have a large stage, then maybe you're not an evangelist or maybe mm -hmm. you've just defined it wrong, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think we let the chips fall where they may when those in the church get out of the way and follow the Holy Spirit. Right. Period. If you are being prompted, if you are being led, if you are pursuing the Holy Spirit, they're the one, the, the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to take care of all of that. Yeah. So it's, it's when the flesh gets in the way is when things start to get complicated. Yeah. And so being to, to choose to be led by the spirit is what takes care of all of that. Yeah. People landing where they should on their feet and ready to serve. Yeah. Like we don't have to make it complicated, right? Like we, we can, but, uh, when you're following the spirit in that way, he's going to lead you in the way, right. just like he did with us. Sure. You, you know, you're an artist manager who just get submit yourself to the Lord, which by the way, artist manager is another word for a shepherd. Like you were, you know, <laughs> right. uh, and you, you managed your bands differently than I did. Yeah. Um, they, your bands probably felt more loved and seen than mine did. <laughs> but, um, but that role was there and it's led you to where you are. And, you're right. We don't have to make it more complicated. We don't have to, uh, you know, put out a sign up sheet or, or even throw on the website now who is the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, right. shepherd, teacher. Like uh, I can, that actually feels super weird to even say that out loud. But on the other hand, go be who God called you to be. Yeah, and do and do the work and do the work of of that gift and of that role and of that assignment. You know, we talk a lot around here about discovering your gift, which is what this series has been part of, mm -hmm. but also to develop your gift. Yeah. You know, to do to do the exercises to strengthen the gift. Yeah. To do the work. Um, that's that's a big part of the equation, in my opinion. Yeah. And I th I wonder how much of it is supposed to be just on the job training. It like really I'm, is. Yeah. Like I'm waiting to till I finally figured out before I start. That doesn't seem right. And you know, since I didn't go to seminary, I can't really say with with certainty. But I feel like most of what we have learned in these past ten years, they didn't teach in seminary. Sure. Um. And so somewhere in between all that, just, yeah, do the work yeah, and, and, and hash it out and you're going to get better at it. I'm a better missionary today than I was 15 years ago. <laughs> I just know some things that I didn't know back right. then. And right. uh, I didn't read them in a book. You know, I encountered them along the way. Yeah. And when I think to us and where we are right now at Conduit and our church as a whole, we're going to be talking about this uh, again this weekend, uh, these fivefold ministry gifts. Um, what do you think? This is a kind of a loaded question. I probably should have given you a heads up on this. So there's no wrong answer to this. I'm just, I'm actually just thinking out loud. What does that look like in our, in our church? Like, 
uh, someone says, you know what, I really, uh, this entrepreneurial thing, and I'm, I feel like I, maybe I am an apostle, like, what do they do about that? Do we, do we have an online registration form, <laughs> or do we, the spirit is moving? Yeah, I think, I think they tell somebody. I think putting, huh. putting some words behind it, yeah. kind of hold yourself accountable to it. It's kind of like saying, I'm going on a diet. <laughs> and letting letting people know about yeah. that maybe kind of holding you accountable to that thing yeah. um i think speaking life into it just by telling someone that the spirit is leading you yeah. this direction or you feel like you have a prompting or like this gift maybe has been stagnant in your life and i really feel like i need to discover this more and develop this just telling someone that a trusted source a good friend or one of the pastors or whoever it is, I think just speaking some life into it would be a fantastic first step. Yeah. I like that because it also then offers, um, the opportunity for some confirmation because what will generally happen is that it'll be retold back to you. <laughs> like you said, when confirmation, most of the time, everybody else knows your gift. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's usually, you're usually the last one to maybe admit it. Yeah. Kind of like your apostle, uh, realization. Maybe when, when you said, I, I don't, I don't ever want to go to Africa and here you are 20 years later or whatever it was in Africa, yeah. ready to roll. Like I was there the whole time yeah. and people most likely knew that about you, but it's usually, <laughs> we are usually the last ones to yeah. acknowledge. These Here's things. how last I was to know this. Uh, I was on a, my second or third flight to Uganda. And I, a lady, and you know me, I don't like to talk to people on planes because I'm not an evangelist. Um, <laughs> she's right. asking, she's asking what we're doing uh, over there. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to be drilling a well or whatever, whatever we're saying, home, the, the school and stuff. And she says, oh, so you're a missionary? And I said, oh no, 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 ma'am, no, we're just like we're drilling oil wells. And I said what I said again. She said, well, I don't know if you know what a missionary does. <laughs> this but, is the lady sitting next to you yeah, in the plane. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on the way to Africa. Oh, that's hysterical completely unaware that I'm a missionary because <laughs> I just thought like I we were it. going over there too. Cause it, I would say like when I went to Bible college, um, back in the day, like I didn't hang out with the missionaries or the pastors that were there going to school for that. Cause they were no fun. Um, the, the pastors were, uh, uptight and the missionaries were boring. I thought, right. Right. And here I am kind of both right now, which is hilarious. But, um, but here's the thing. I had defined it in such a way that it felt like if I wasn't going over and doing skits in an altar call, uh, if I wasn't doing a large open air crusade, whatever, then I wasn't a missionary. Yeah. And so that the gift that I have now realizing, oh, but this missionary, the way that I'm a missionary is different than the way that Mark is because Mark's an evangelist when he goes over there. Mark Bowling, he will go right. there in less than four weeks. And by the way, conduit donors, we have just sent $10,000 uh, that will pay for a hundred dollars per bus. What is that? A thousand buses? Yes. Those will all be full of people from all over Southeast Asia who are going to hear the gospel for the first time. Each bus is going to have a pastor on it from the area it's amazing. on the way there and on the way back. Uh, so anyway, but he's an evangelist. So that's what I felt like a missionary. I was the last to know Yeah. that, that, and now even to say that the way that our church is led, the reason it feels the way it feels here is because I'm a missionary leading a local body of church. Yeah. And the idea of the way that we do have appointed elders here, we have elders that are leading the church, just like the biblical model. Mm -hmm. um, and we just happen to have me as a guy that uh, is part of that elder team that yeah. leads it. And by the way, again, very freeing um, yes. that I didn't have to, because over the years when I've felt uh, anxious or I felt the panic attacks, whatever, I, I can look back and think, oh, I was literally trying to be maybe all five of these for all I know, sure. but I for sure was not just relax, relaxing and resting in who it was that I was supposed to be. Yeah. What are your last thoughts for us, Mo, before we send them off? Discover, develop, and deploy your gift um, in that order, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, as, and as the Spirit leads you. So the, and, and the only way to know what the Spirit is leading you to do is by spending time with the Spirit, with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that's a slow roll. You know, you're not coming out of the gate a hundred miles an hour into this. It is spending quality time in relationship, uh, with Jesus and letting him lead you step by step. Um, and let the, let the, the word be your lamp unto your feet, um, and pursue, pursue these things. Hmm. 
slowly. One of the things that really speaks to me in Ephesians 4 is verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Uh, the job of the pastor, evangelist, apostle, prophet, teacher is not to gather people around so that then I can do the work right. of the ministry. Um, it's to prepare people to do the work yes. of the ministry. And that's what I hope we're doing here at Conduit, like is to every Sunday, you know, Hebrews 10, 24, we're challenging you, inspiring you, love and good deeds. And it's part of the developing. Yeah. Because ultimately all of us, as we are moving into this season, he says, eventually we're going to be there. We're going to have uh, total unity because he says, verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Wow. Um, our job until then is to keep moving that needle of discipleship a little bit more towards Jesus and a little less of Darren, a little more towards Jesus, a little less of Darren. And a prophet is going to be able to challenge that in a different way than an evangelist is, a shepherd, whatever. That's all going to be a part of ultimately building us into the unity of the body of Christ. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to hit that a little bit more this Sunday. Can't wait. I'm going to camp out a little bit. Verse 14. Then yes, we will no longer be immature like children. Yes. And what our children, uh, they're tossed and blown around by every new wind of teaching. So if you're being tossed and blown around by every new wind of teaching, then you are immature in your faith. That's Paul's words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to talk about that and how these five gifts actually lead us toward that maturity uh, for it. So Awesome. Well, we're excited for this Sunday. You can obviously join us online if you're out of state or out of the area, conduitchurch.com or youtube.com just search conduit every sunday at 10 a.m we are live and obviously here on this podcast as you already know and then just throwing it out there in three weeks i believe it is is easter sunday can't be stopped is our theme this year yeah 2021 we cannot be stopped we are having easter services uh the resurrection could not be stopped his return will not be stopped and uh, we are excited to celebrate on April 4th, Sunday, April 4th. We're going to have two services, 9 a.m., 11 a.m. in the front lot under the big tent. It is going to be a just a glorious Easter Sunday. And so if you want more information on that, obviously, check out our website, conduitchurch.com. And we look forward to seeing you soon. 